I'm George Case, author of Led Zeppelin FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the Greatest Hard Rock Band of All Time, and you're listening to Ramble On Radio. And uh, this is what he had to say about getting home. I was trying to get to uh, to Blighty. How's this going to affect your travel plans with uh, what's going on in Dallas? I just make some new friends here. Oh, good old Blighty, as we. fans it's brian i know you forgot i existed gardener uh and this is ramble on radio episode 15 the only dedicated podcast in this or any other known internet be sure to go to rambleonradio.com for all your led zeppelin news and or any links i might mention during the show and uh, i know I, I know the only dedicated podcast and it's been six seven weeks um apologies for that but uh, life interferes sometimes. You know, my schedule has changed up. I, I kind of normally, because I work shift work, I do two weeks days, two weeks afternoons. I kind of normally roll this when I'm on, going on afternoons that Sunday night before I go on when I'm trying to find something to do with myself anyway. And then coming off it on the last kind of Friday, I get home and I can do it and then crawl off. And the house is quiet and there's nobody around and I don't have a hundred other things going on. You know, at one in the morning, there's really nothing much else going on where... That's changed. Right now, I'm, I'm working a steady day shift. Um, how long that's going to be, I don't know. Um, but that means I get home from work, and A, I get up way too early, um, like about 4.30. Uh, so I'm tired at the end of the day. You know, at 9 o'clock at night, I'm a little too tired to be kind of coherently doing this. Um, and, and the other hand is, before 9 o'clock at night, I'm just busy. It's, you know, I, I got a family, and stuff happens, and... And all sorts of other stuff has been going on as well. There's been some, um, I play guitar and I'm in, a, I'm in a band and there's another band I'm looking at joining and I've just been busy. So that's um, my apologies. It's been about six weeks and uh, it's been way too long and it's been weighing on my mind. But there it is. Okay, so the intro, we go backwards a lot. Um, the, both those intro pieces were from... Um, uh, April April 4th, Jimmy Page session um, in the early 70s um, from, uh, what is the name, the name, the name? I have all the stuff in front of me, I promise. 
uh, Depot Studio, the Depot Studio Sessions, he called it. And I, I think it was 73, but I could be wrong on that. But those, that was a piece he did at that. And that was kind of an effective piece, I thought. Um, I, I liked it. I, I think it's something that could have grown into something more. And you hear something like that, and, and it is funny that um, you kind of think in terms of, um, you know, what, well, uh, why are these guys better than other bands? What makes them different? What's, you know, my wife asked me this, why? And you kind of try to explain it. And a piece like that, you just listen to what he's doing in there. And, you know, you know, a couple of things offhand that he would take that and John Bonham would just crank that out. You know, that little drum piece would be gone for something that just kicks. Um, and Robert Plant would add some really interesting vocals to it. But that's an interesting guitar line. That's an interesting guitar part. And, he would, you know, he would expand that and do something with it. And they, they just tended to do stuff like that. And um, anyway, and, anyway, and uh, the second piece was Robert Plant was stuck at the airport. Uh, there were some terrible hurricanes rolled through... Um, with a hurricane, it's been a long time here. Twisters, hurricanes, they were twisters or hurricanes, or it was the heavy duty weather phenomena. Um, portable, you know, portable homes went flying, that sort of thing. And uh, Robert Plant was stuck at the airport in, I think it was Dallas, but uh, I could be wrong on that. And somebody, a guy doing the news, the TV news, kind of stumbled across him waiting out his plane back to England. Um, so that's what those two pieces were in the intro. So here we are at, uh, we're actually podcasting from Northern Ireland's Giant's Causeway, where we are being invaded by kittens, crawling their way up the legendary rocks. And yes, I wrote this four weeks ago. Uh, we don't know what they want at this stage, but we believe their motives are friendly. Houses of the Holy was released 39 years ago back in uh, early March, uh, when I was supposed to report <laughs> Podcast. Uh, Jimmy Page commemorated it on his on this day by telling the story of how the original idea for the album's first two tracks were meant to be first an instrumental overture and be an acoustic song. The instrumental morphed into the song remains the same. And if you read that, am I the only one who thought Page seemed to be complaining a bit that Robert Plant ruined his great idea for an overture with words? Um, he kind of says, "Well, we, you know, yeah, I was going to do this, I was going to do that. I had this wonderful idea. Uh, Robert Plant heard it and added words." And I, I kind of thought there was a bit of a bastard, you know. Um, uh, a song that over the years has grown in my, you know, it's one I liked and, and then liked a little and then liked a lot. And then um, I'm almost at the point where it's one of my absolute favorites. It's, a f it's such a good song and it's got so much depth going on there that, um, well, I don't have to tell you guys though, right? <laughs> um, and then the other, of course, was the rain song. The, was the acoustic piece was the rain song. Um, he talked further about how the songs got the live treatment via his double neck. Uh, I'm very much doing live, and I've been. I talk. I mentioned I'm talking about uh, joining a second band, looking at joining a second band, and it's a Led Zeppelin tribute band. And one of the things I've been trying to learn is the live version of "Song Remains the Same" or "Rain Song." And uh, I can tell you, it's bloody hard. But it's also, you know, tuning all changed. Everything changed for the live version. It's very different. Uh, and you don't, kind of don't realize until you sit and study the two together and go, oh, uh, yeah, that's a big difference. Um, um, so, I, you know, it, it was funny that he mentioned that they go together. Because uh, I've always thought they did. And I think it's because of the song Remains the Same. I'm more familiar with them through the movie than through um, um, the actual House of the Holy album. So, I, you know, to me, in my mind, they've always kind of gone together. They've always been a one-two piece. Um what you didn't know is is that Jimmy Page thought so too. It always did, you know. 
at the same time as that, coincidentally, uh, one of my favorite websites, um, a site I refer to as one of those, uh, the Internet is Done sites, the Kitten Covers did Houses of the Holy. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the Kitten Covers, it's a great website. Um, this woman, she photoshops old records uh, covers and replaces any of the people with cats. Um, and there's, there's some fabulous covers. Uh, there's a great Elvis one. Uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen's uh, Darkness in the Edge of Town. And, and, of course, standing there in a the leather jacket. Except it's, a, uh, it's a kitten. <laughs> um, an Elvis Costello. The Clash is the London Calling. Uh, which if you've never seen a kitten smashing a bass guitar is, is, is a must-see. Um, you know, that's that's the internet at its best. It really is. And it, so she finally got around to it. And I've been, I, I watch it daily. It's one of those sites I check all the time. And one of the reasons I check is so I could have as fast as humanly possible on my blog and tell you guys about uh, if she did a Led Zeppelin one. And so she did, finally did Houses of the Holy. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get her to do, I'd love to see presents or something like that, but... Uh, you can see the cover on rambleonradio.com and be sure to visit the kitten covers one of the most entertaining half hours you'll ever spend on the if you're a rock and roll fan you'll love this site it's great um you know speaking of the giants causeway i was there in a family vacation back in 79 i was uh, i was 16 and um looking back on it i really wish you know because i was dragged around with my you know my parents Ooh, this is so not cool and I liked the Giants Causeway. We went there. I, um, you know, I liked the Giants Causeway. But it would have been so cool to know this is a Led Zeppelin. It would have been my uh, Led Zeppelin. You know, I was a big fan at that time. And we didn't have the internet then, so I, you know, I had no idea that's where they actually did the cover. Um, and I, you know, it wasn't until I read it fairly recently, actually, that, that oh, <laughs> I had no idea. I was there even... Two years ago, I think, and I didn't know that. And you know, my son, my son, who's young, young enough to be uh, with parents, um, he liked the Giants Causeway too. It's a cool place to go, but it's an even cooler place if you know it's a Led Zeppelin uh, spot. Hey, uh, Led Zeppelin turned up on American Idol. Uh, Elise Testone saying, "Whole lot of love on primetime American TV a few weeks back." Uh, it's and uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna clip it for you right now. You need
that is Elise Testone singing Whole Lot of Love on American Idol. I don't mind that, uh, I'm, but I'm not nuts on it either. And um, so I thought the vocals were a bit overdone. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that kind of, uh, um, uh, what's her name from Live Aid? The, the Lady Marmalade. Um, anyway, the, the, the kind of uh, gospely, really belting, screaming it out, which I, th I thought, I'm not a fan of it. And, and I, th I thought there was a bit of that in there. Uh, and the, and the, the guitar sound, it's so, to me, it's a crime. Um, if you play a Les Paul and you get a thin sound out of it, it, that's a crime. It really is a crime. And uh, it should be a, a punishable offense. And that was an awful thin sound. And he was playing a sweet looking Les Paul, but he got a terrible sound out of it, I thought. And uh, so I'm not nuts on it, but um, for the record, at least testosterone, at least that was about three, four weeks ago, but she was eliminated uh, this week. Um, actually, I, I'm going to look. That was March 28th. So that was about a month ago. Um, but she was just, uh, I think, four or five days, just maybe, or I'm saying this week, maybe last week, but uh, so we're talking, you know, April 25th, something like that. She was eliminated. Um, so she's out. Uh, it's actually the third time Led Zeppelin has appeared on American, and not have appeared, but were played on American Idol. Um, Adam Lambert sang Whole Lot of Love two years ago. And last season, Haley Reinhardt sang What Is and What Should Never Be. Um, you know, and I, I like her. I liked Haley Reinhardt. I, I haven't heard the Adam Lambert version. I'm really disinterested in this guy. Uh, right from the get go, <laughs> it's one of those cases. You know, you're like, oh, Christ, no. The guy in makeup, thanks, no. Uh, but Haley Reinhardt, um, I caught that last year. I, um, careful how I say this. I don't watch America. I know some people like it. If you do, knock yourself out. Um, I don't. So when I say I caught it, I, I caught wind that she had done it and checked it out on the internet. And uh, I think I posted the video actually. And I liked her version. She fell while doing it. <laughs> poor thing. I was actually voted out that week. But I thought she was credible. She was pretty good. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's good having uh, having American Idol, somebody American Idol singing Led Zeppelin, period. Whole lot of love on national primetime TV. Um, you know, it, the worst case scenario is all these teenagers, all these soccer moms, all these soccer teenagers run to YouTube, all these soccer moms run to their husband's record collection to rediscover Led Zeppelin. And uh, you hope that can't be a bad thing. Uh, okay, on to the guys. Jimmy Page on September 22nd. Um, someone at LedZeppelin.com stated that um, Jimmy Page is rumored to be playing Marshall's 50th anniversary show at Wembley in September. Um and I guess this isn't one of these, he'll get up there with somebody else. And, you know, it's uh, with a band. Jimmy Page would be playing uh, a set, I guess is how. Maybe a song or two, maybe five, but some sort of a small set. I guess they're doing a big Marshall anniversary show. And um, so there's rumors that Jimmy Page will be out there, will be uh, playing with a band or, or, or maybe just joining somebody on stage. Um, but that's out there. Uh, just yesterday, England's National Portrait Gallery uh, has been digitalizing its uh, its collection of portraits since 1996, um, and it began making them available online uh, about a year later. Um, it, just this week, they hit a hundred thousand portraits, and the one hundred thousandth one hundred thousandth 
portrait uh, was J Jimmy Page, a uh, picture of Jimmy Page taken by uh, Ross Halflin, his, uh, his buddy and um, the guy who seems to scour the internet knocking people who Jimmy Page doesn't like. Uh, it was a photograph taken in 2009. You've probably seen it. He's in a leather jacket, black and white. He's in a leather jacket. He's holding his black Les Paul um, in front of him. I've seen the picture many times before. Um, so it's a, it's a signed limited edition print, part of a collection of five photographs of Page, uh, and all are signed by the photographer and by Page. Um, the other pictures in the portfolio are one by Jorgen Angel from Copenhagen, 1970, Dick Barnett at Earl's Court Arena in 75, Neil Preston at Chicago Stadium in 77, and Barrick Woolman at Oakland Coliseum in 77. And the Baron Woolman one is one of uh, his lineup of guitars. He had a line of guitars at the stage. Uh, and it's, a, it's I, one of my favorite, I've seen it many times, uh, one of my favorite pictures. Um, all total, if you go to the National Gallery website, Page appears in six pictures, as there's one with the Yardbirds as well. Uh, worth noting, there's also a Robert Plant picture there, and it's kind of a painting and not a very, well, I'm not going to say it's not a good painting, as in uh, it didn't take scale, etc., but it's not. Um, uh, it's eccentric, and it's not to my taste. How's that? Uh, you know, it's not just a straight-up portrait of Robert Plant. Let's put it that way. Um, there's also a Sandy Denny photograph, uh, which, you know, I'll give you what I got here, folks. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers are uh, playing in the UK this summer, and they're trying to convince Jimmy Page to come up on stage and play with them. We'll keep our ear to the ground on this. He's, he has done this. He has done this. Did it with the Black Rose. Did it, you know, did it with the Foo Fighters a couple of years ago. So maybe he gets up on stage um, on June 23rd, at Neverth Park on June 23rd, and Sunderland Stadium at night on June 24th is when the Chili Peppers are playing there, and uh, they're hoping Jimmy Page will come out and play a set with or play a song or two with them. That'd be cool. Um, that'd be really cool. So we'll see. Let's hope, right? Um, um, uh, back in um, about a month ago. Um, Bruce Springsteen played at the, uh, the, the Austin um, Austin City Limits Festival and had a, an incredible set. Really was, really blew everybody away. And uh, who was there? Robert Plant was in the house. Um, so that's, you know, he was kind of spotted around that, uh, that uh, Austin City Limits, um, checking out some band stuff. And it was apparently in the house when Springsteen was playing. Um, another, this kind of, uh, semi Robert Plant. Uh, his son Logan was in a band. Was in. Um, um, it's named after the soccer team, and, and I didn't realize until it was fairly recently. Uh, it's how dense I can be. I get these emails, and uh, why, why am I getting emails with this soccer team? And I realized I have an email alert for um, for Logan Plant's band, and. Um, And it's named after the soccer team. It's it's kind of the uh, oh, look at me. This is something I swore I'd never do, but uh, I'm I'm behind on things. Sons of Albion is the name. I guess Sons of Albion is the uh, uh, what the what the local football team, the Wolves or something. They call themselves, or um, or their fans or something. Right? But anyway, it always comes up as the football team in the. Uh... So anyway, he's no longer with Sons of Albion. We reported that quite some time ago. Um, I guess he's quit the music business, but he's in the beer business. And uh, um, 
let me let me get my let me get this straight first. Um, underscore Brewery um, has has developed a beer, and it's um, uh, it's it's uh, it's being developed for Beaverton Brewery. Underscore is designed a branding for Beaverton Brewery, uh, um, and Beaverton Brewery is an artisan brewery, in um, established by Logan Plant. So Logan Plant owns. It's basically a place with a you can get go in and get a few drinks, and they've designed three products: um, eight ball, smog rocket, and neck oil. Um, and they are um, eight balls and an IPA. Smog rocket is a porter, and neck oil is a session beer. Uh, and they'll be sold at the Duke Bar, which opened last month, and that's what I was looking for here. Um, it's an off-Broadway cocktail bar owned by Byron Knight and established by Logan Plant. Uh, so if you if you want to have a Logan Plant sighting, the Duke Bar is the place to go and drink a Beaverton Brewery, and it's it's his label basically, or at least he's part of it. Um, so there's that's that. John Paul Jones was spotted recently performing with C6 Steve in Australia at the Byron Bay Blues Fest in New South Wales, Australia, um, and they did a set there. I didn't hear if they did any other sets, um, but that's. I know they did that, and there's there are videos available uh, as well. The latest issue of Tight But Loose is uh, set to come out soon, and it has uh, Dave Lewis has an interview with uh, John Paul Jones, uh, where they talk about his opera, uh, C6 Steve, and, and various other stuff. So that'll be interesting. That should be out shortly. Uh, he posted a picture on the internet tonight of the proof sheets for the magazine, so it should be coming. Um, anytime now really and uh, I'll let you know when it's in I'll give a review and I'll certainly talk about uh, the interview with John Paul Jones um, John Bonham's birthday coming up and uh, I don't know that it's I, I don't think it's actually a, you know would have been his 60th or 70th or something but um, maybe actually but anyway Brian Titchy uh, is the drummer for Whitesnake uh, he also plays guitar um, and he's his bestest partner in the whole wide world is Michael Devon, who was the bass player for John Paul or uh, Jason Bottoms Led Zeppelin Experience. Um, the original incarnate, he was the original bass player. He left, and both of them now play with White Snake. They've toured the world with White Snake, and uh, I can tell you from personal experience, Michael Devon's a nice, nice, nice guy. Um, and I assume as Brian Titchy's like his best friend and the guy he loves playing with the most. Um, I assume he's a nice guy too. Anyway, they are doing a show in honor of John Bonham on his birthday. They have done three others. They did the, it was Brian Titchy who organized The Groove Remains the Same on the 30th anniversary of the death of Bonham last year, uh, two years ago, I guess. And then last to the January, uh, I think it was January, they did a couple of shows up in, uh, I think one in LA and one up in uh, a, little for, a little north of LA. Uh, and so they're going to do another one. It's called Bonzo's Birthday Bash. It's a tribute concert to John Bonham on May 31st at the House of Blues in Hollywood. Um, Bonzo's Birthday Bash will feature a number of drummers doing their favorite Zeppelin tunes. Um, drum, guest drummers include Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses, uh, Carmen Apice from, he was Vanilla Fudge, of course, and uh, they're, they're also listing somebody who, uh, and I have to see if I can find this. ACD, somebody who's from ACDC, um, and I don't think it's, 
Who is it? Phil Rudd? Is that the uh, ACDC drummer? It's not him. Anyway. Uh, Simon White from ACDC, as well as a, f a bunch of others. Um, will, and what they do is they set up a drum stage, a uh, drum set uh, in a prominent position. It's a uh, John Bonham rock replica set. They set it up in the center of the stage, and they have a house band. And Michael Devon and Stephen LeBlanc, amongst others, uh, both of them from Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience, are in the house band. And uh, as well as Titchy plays guitar in the house band, and they have all these drummers come in. And they do their favorite Zeppelin song, and uh, it's gone over very well. And if you uh, if you Google the uh, groove remains the groove remains the same, um, or, or search it on YouTube, you come up with some great there's some great stuff there. Um, uh, we talked a while ago about um, the turquoise edition of the uh, Led Zeppelin's self-titled uh, release. Uh, vinyl, the album back in 1969 was released with, in England <coughs> with a mistaken cover. The lettering was in was in turquoise instead of orange, and uh, it, uh, it there was one sold just a couple of weeks ago on eBay for one thousand eight hundred ninety dollars. So if you're sitting there with a turquoise version, <coughs> you know it's probably never going to be worth more than it is now. Um, trailer for. Uh, uh, this is kind of an interesting one, and I, I don't know I, I don't know that it's a it's a legit. Uh, there's a trailer for the new Battlestar Galactica movie went viral um, a couple of weeks back, and it was set to uh, immigrant song from Trent Reznor's version that was also the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, uh, the video it was taken down um, almost immediately, and it was it was explained that it's not an officially sanctioned trailer. Uh, what that means, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was a fake trailer or it was a trailer that just didn't get final approval, but um, it, there is at least a hint there that maybe that version of Immigrant Song will appear in Battlestar Galactica. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Heart, the band Heart. And, you know, just today I noticed um, um, Nancy Wilson, the, the pretty one, got herself married. Uh, and I thought she was already married to Cameron Crowe, but I guess that's come and gone. I, I don't keep up with my Nancy Wilson probably like I should. Uh, but she married uh, music executive Jeff Bywater on Saturday. And uh, uh, one of the really good guitar players. Um, probably the best. Uh, oh, here it is. Was previously married to filmmaker and former Rolling Stone editor Cameron Crowe. Got divorced after 24 years in 2010. And have two children. And uh, it took her two whole years to find somebody else to marry. Um, so there you go. I, I I thought she was married to him, and I was surprised when I saw this. Um, anyway, they're releasing Heart is releasing a box set of demos and live versions of material over the course of the career, and included uh, will be a five-song bonus disc of Led Zeppelin songs. Um, the the sisters. Uh, this, the disc is called uh, Strange Euphoria. Heart, of course, is Anne and Nancy Wilson. Um, the Zep, the disc is called the Zeppish Disc. It's a single, separate disc, and the songs will be Going to California, Battle of Evermore, What Is and What Should Never Be, Immigrant Song, and Misty Mountain Hop. And, uh, you know, talk about segues, uh, although once you talk about them, it's not really a segue. Uh, but uh, the talking about the immigrant song a second ago, I heard one day, one night coming home, one of the radio stations played 
an acoustic version of Immigrant Song, and I was, what the hell is that? And it turned out to be Heart, and they, they did a great job of it. They did a great job. All right. Um, I have in my hot little hands, yeah, this is great, actually, the Led Zeppelin Guitar Method. It is immerse yourself in the music and mythology of Led Zeppelin as you learn to play guitar. Now this is, uh, it's from Alfred Music, and I'm going to be, I haven't really gone over it yet, I've just kind of nosed through it a bit. Um, I will go through it fairly thoroughly in the next couple of weeks and uh, let you know what I think of it. Um, what it is, is it's a guitar method. It's something that you would give to, to students, uh, probably preferably kids. Uh, it starts from square one, parts of a guitar, how to hold a guitar. Uh, and, and this may be the one big flaw you find already standing with strap and they have Jimmy Page standing there and, and he holds it too low for it. You wouldn't teach uh, a student to hold it that low. Um, but it, he had huge fingers. He got away with, most people can't hold it quite that low. He got away with it because he has huge fingers. And actually, if you look at him, quite long arms too. So he, you know, he kind of gets away with where other people don't. Um, but it like literally starts with the notes, the quarter notes, the members of the staff, um, types of guitar, tuning your guitar, the parts of the guitar. And of course, they have a Martin DM-18 and a Gibson Les Paul to show <coughs> the types of guitars uh, and, and the parts, you know. And then it goes first string. And I remember I did this stuff in the first string and the first song was called, um, and it was just an exercise. And they did some, they give some fancy names to some exercise where you went bing, 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 you know. And uh, they're doing the same thing here. Then there's the, the old two-string rock, which is, uh, uh, looks like the one I remember. Um, exercises on the B, second B string. But And this is where it gets interesting. But now you've got two strings. So you've got the notes. Um, if you play guitar, you'll follow along fairly easy with this. If you don't play guitar, um, I might as well be Charlie Brown's teacher. I get it. I'm doing a womp, 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 womp. But uh, I'm going to give this a go for you. So the second string, the notes are B, C, D. The first string, E, F, G. Now I did, when I was learning that, um, I remember Jingle Bells. Uh, was one of the, And that was kind of a cool enough song because you knew it. Um, but here they go, they dig right into Stairway to Heaven Melody. And uh, so that's on like page 13. Uh, you've learned notes on the first string, notes on the second string. It's two or three pages into this, into the actual music of the thing. And then notes on the third string. And interesting... The, the song, once they give notes on the third string, the notes G and A on the third string, um, and which, by the way, gives you an octave. You now have G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, the song they give you is Ora Lee, which is an old Civil War folk song. And uh, Elvis kind of changed the words a bit and made it uh, Love Me Tender. Um, and uh, But that was the song I learned it on. It's in here. It's about the last non-Zeppelin song in here. Uh, other, well, no, Ode to Joy shows up, and, and, I, and there's a few. There's one called Rock and Rhythm, you know. But so after Aura Lee, they go into some um, technical stuff, and they kind of add, you know, it's it's a book that it adds a feature. Uh, half notes, new song. Tide notes, which, um, you know, I'm not going to try and explain to you if you don't, but, and then Boogie with Stew. Um and you really, at this point, they're not doing the song you would sing along to. They're doing the, the melody, uh, just on the strings. And uh, what I'll do when I do review this, I'll actually sit with a guitar and, and play a few of these things for you, so you get an idea. 
Um, you know, and then they get into some chords, the three string chords, the G7 chord, and boom, the Lemon Song. Boom, 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 G7, G7. Uh, and um, so it goes fourth notes on the fourth string, and your time is going to come. And now we're adding those little three string chords in, right? Um, and this is standard. Like this is, if you're learning to play guitar, this is a tried and true method. They're just using the Led Zeppelin songs. And uh, so here we are at page 23, and you got a whole lot of love and going to California. And they're really, uh, a whole lot of love's in G, but other than that, um, you know, it looks like it would be working. Um, and by the time you get to the end of it, and this is what's neat, is, you know, they kind of build these things up, they'll add chords, add notes. By the sixth string, they're doing the sixth string, and it's communication breakdown. There's Bronyar Stomp. Uh, and, and it's actually playing the chords as well as the melody sort of thing. Uh, so I, that'll be one I'll have to try out for you. Communication breakdown happens. A four-string F chord. And, and so on and so forth. So it, it builds and builds and builds. And towards the at the end, you're actually doing... Um, um, it looks like a fairly interesting version of Battle of Evermore. Um, Misty Mountain Hop using lots of chords and... I've been working, I've been playing this one lately for that gig I was telling you about. So I can, let me see. It's in, it's in the key of E like it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it basically runs the same chords. It's, it's an odd little chord set that he uses in there and they basically have it. So um, they have it in a lower version, different strings in lower version, but it looks like it's the same chords. Uh, and then they get into some bar chords, and by the time you're doing bar chords, by the way, it's Stairway to Heaven, first four fingers, first four strings. Um, and I thought when I taught guitar years ago, and and you ask ask yourself, how come this guy can review a guitar book? I did teach guitar years ago, um, so I, you know, I feel like I'm somewhat capable of doing this. And so they they actually give you Stairway to Heaven by the chords. Uh, that's the ending of Stairway to Heaven by the bar chords, which is a great intro. I introduced bar chords to kids through Stairway to Heaven through the introduction to Stairway to Heaven um, because it's a half, you know, bar chords are hard in the hand. They're a, they're a muscle thing. And it's a half bar chord uh, through that introduction. So it's a great way to introduce both finger picking and bar chords. And by the end, you're doing Over the Hills and Far Away, uh, legitimate Over the Hills and Far Away, the way you hear it on the record. Um, uh, the Borean E minor, which... Uh, as they point out here, Jimmy begins to play this famous piece by J.S. Bach at 440 into the Heartbreaker on Led Zeppelin Live album. He played it quite often during the Heartbreaker solo. Uh, How the West Was Won is the album, by the way. The live album, How the West Was Won. Um, he played, yeah, he played it quite often. Uh, either that or it was an and or. Uh, he would finish off, he would do the solo, he'd go off, sort of fancy, do some licks, do a little melody. And then he would either do the Bore in E minor or Feeling Groovy, the uh, Summer Garfield song. And sometimes he would roll both. Uh, so they got that in there because, heaven forbid, you should learn that without. You should learn Heartbreaker without that, right? And, uh, and then they finish off with Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. It's that kind of a. Uh, like I said, I'll play some of this stuff through for you. And then, sorry, the last thing, Stairway to Heaven introduction. Um, and that's. Uh, I would do the steroid introduction before I introduce bar chords. That would be how I would do it uh, if I was teaching. But, um, you know, 
<laughs> hey, they're the old pros, not me. Well, um, so I, I, like I said, I'll go over that in the next couple of weeks, and I'll let you know. If you're a guitar teacher, I'll let you know whether it's worth picking up. And I'd love to, I, I, I'd love to find a kid to, to put them on it and see how it really works and find an adult and see if an adult responds to it. An adult, you would probably um, sit with them for 20 minutes and, and introduce the first you know, 20 or so pages to them and, uh, and tell them, go away and, and figure it out on your own up to that point. Um, obviously, you can help them with that, but I, I honestly think an adult, you wouldn't start them at the beginning of this book, I guess is what I'm saying. It's they... And because they go each note individually, and, and by the time you get an adult who wants to learn to play guitar, he's not interested in learning how to play, how to read the music. He's not interested in learning how to play C, D, E, you know, and, and doing this little stuff. He wants to get into some meaty stuff. He usually wants to play at the campfire or that sort of thing. So that I'd be, I would be lessened, but I'd love to get an adult on it and see if it, see if they work with it, see how it works. It'd be fun. Uh, but I will go over it, and we'll see what we figure out. Okay, I have in my hot little hands, uh, hotter little hands, I guess, because I've already said that once today, didn't I? Uh, Jimmy Page's Lucifer Rising and other soundtracks. Uh, did you order it? Did you get yours? Um, and did you smack your hand with your hand on your forehead when you listened to it? What the hell did I just spend $30 on, on this for? Because um, I know I kind of did um track one um but it's not awful it's it's not like it's awful music it's like, jesus this is bad it's not one of those sorts of things so much as it's 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 not the sort of thing you would listen to very often and it's certainly not something you would put on at parties and it's you want to relax at the end of the day it's, you know it's not it's it's you would have to say to yourself oh, I'm, I'm gonna throw that on just to listen yeah um Anyway, Lucifer, the first first side of it is one track, Lucifer Rising main track. And it is um, quite literally the same. It's a repetitive piece. It repeats a bar of music and repeats it constantly for about 18 minutes. Uh, and then on top of that, he plays, there's a little drum part, there's a bell playing, there's a, a Spanish guitar. And, and it, you know, it, it just kind of infuses things into... And I'll tell you what I noticed. I had it in the house, and I, you know, I, I put it on. I was I was making dinner. And a couple of minutes into it, and, and this is what's supposed to happen. In case you think, what the hell is he up to? This is what's supposed to happen. It's a drone effect. And the drone effect, the, the idea behind the drone effect is it becomes, um, uh, it almost becomes part of your audio world, right? It, it becomes, um, it's so repetitive. And Jimmy Page has often been into this, and he uh, there's an interview from '73, a famous interview uh, with a famous author in New York, uh, and I can't recall his name, where he talks somewhat about this. He talks about the Moroccan music and the drones, and if you listen to Cashmere, Cashmere's got a drone effect um, during the Page and Plant. They like to pull out. They've had the little guy do the hurdy gurdy thing, that gives a drone effect. Um, they had the Egyptian orchestra do one of the songs. Uh, where they, they ran a drone throughout it. Uh, Friends kind of has that drone effect going. So he's it's something he's always experimented with. It's something he likes. He's always experimented with. The idea is that it becomes... Um, you, you become so used to it that it's almost hypnotizing. 
and then you can add in this other this little drum too and it stands up <coughs> in a very interesting way uh and i noticed that it did that is after a few minutes at first you're listening to it listening for stuff to happen and then you just start fading out and it becomes part of your it becomes a subconscious listen almost uh is the words i guess i'm looking for and uh and as it goes along these little things come in and you notice all of a sudden a little you know the blocks playing or something and uh it's just an odd little thing out there but it's not you know so it's it's effective and it works and as a movie piece uh, i can see how it would be very effective uh, but I, I don't, um, whether I would listen to it again, <laughs> again, notice I said again, I've listened to it once. Uh, side two has four or five other pieces and they're all similar, but shorter. Um, it's, it's, you know, there's nothing on this that's awful. There's nothing that you go, uh, boy, it was unlistenable or it was terrible or Jesus, you know, but it was not, uh, something you would put on very often, I, I guess is the point. Maybe once in a while, I'll get when you're cooking dinner. Or, um, oh, let's face it, if you have a good buzz on, uh, you know, it might be the thing to do. Uh, you know, if if on 420 you went down to the, 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 the legislature and had a few, I, I recommend coming home and throwing on this. I'm sure it's very effective under those, those, um, but, but, uh, but anyway, that's uh, I'm I, I'm so leery to sit here and go. I was awful, and it wasn't awful. It's just not something you would listen to very often. It's not, and I have, I have difficulty. Uh, I always have difficulty critiquing. Uh, I find doing uh, reviews very difficult for me uh, because I don't like to be negative uh, about something like that. Um, I say that, of course throw a Britney Spears album in front of me and a typewriter and I'm gone. Um, I'll, I'll tell you everything wrong with it. But, you know, people who I consider serious artists, um, there's a great line, Ernest Hemingway had a great line about critics being a critic. He said, we watch the wars from a, from a place on high and come down when it's, watch the battle from a place on high and come down when it's over and shoot the survivors. And uh, I, I was so leery of, of being that guy, of doing that. It's so easy to be negative. And it's so easy to say, well, what was Jimmy Page thinking? What a ripoff. Um, but don't think it was any of that. I, I think it was, it's a credible artistic uh, work. And it's, but it's not going to be for everybody. It's not going to be for a lot of people, as a matter of fact. It's, it's really going to have a limited appeal from a taste perspective. Um, and, it's, and even those people who like it, it's probably going to have a limited appeal in terms of their how often do they listen to it. Um, but I, I don't think it's an awful thing. I just think it's not, you know. If you like Jimmy Page for Jimmy Page, as I do, as a lot of people who listen to this, I'm sure do, then, then it's probably worth getting. Um, you know, but if you like your music in bites, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't. How's <laughs> that? Anyway, that is Ramble On Radio, episode 15. Check out rambleonradio.com for notes on this week's podcast, Led Zeppelin news, reviews, and any links mentioned in today's podcast. Um, uh, that's it. Thank you for listening. And I will be back. I don't know when. I'm going to try and keep it at every two weeks. It's probably going to stretch for the next little while to every three weeks. If I get in this Zeppelin tribute band, it could die on the vine because... That is, it's just, it's been so much work at that alone, although, um, I honestly don't think that's going to happen, you know, 
Um, um, I, I just, you know, I, I, and things could be back to normal by the next time. It's, that's just where things are at right now. Uh, so it, probably in the summer we'll slow things down. Anyway, that's probably a likelihood of how things were going to go. So, so I, also way of saying, I will, I will see you when I see you and I hope it won't be too soon or too long. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Uh, it's rambleonradio.com uh, ramble for all your next episodes.